Hello, everybody. Drasco here from 10knorm.com, where my main focus is to help guide heart-centered entrepreneurs under 10K months to transcend the blind spots that keep them from thinking, feeling, acting, and authentically marketing so they can normalize their own versions of 10K months. And on today's episode, we have another Real Talk segment where I bring in a heart-centered entrepreneur on their way to their own 10K norm. And we have some real talk about what's currently their biggest challenge towards their 10K norm. And in that conversation, we're going to explore who they are, why they do what they do. And then live on the call, I get to help them get out of their own way towards a challenge that they're currently having towards building their 10K norm. And for our guest today, we have Corinne Kamara, who is a spiritual wellness coach, acupuncturist, energy healer, and also the host of her own uh, podcast called the Infinite Love Podcast. Her mission is to help people heal using love as medicine. And Corinne's offerings are basically a unique blend of intuitive and energetic healing, practical science, uh, and care to go along with all of it. So Corinne, thank you very much for being on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I know I noted this uh, before we started the recording, but just reading the intro and, and how rooted it is in like, you know, love and care. I think it's very appropriate that in the back on your wall, you have, uh, you are so loved. So, you know, I just want to also on the recording, commend you for being the first one with like a decal on their wall uh, to, to be on the recording. Um, so, what I would love to get into is, you know, I, I have an idea of kind of what you do and, you know, that you're obviously very intuitive and, and that's what you use as your primary modality to help people. But I'd love to have you break it down for us, you know, who you are, why you do what you do and all that other good stuff. Okay. Um, well, you listed all the modalities that I do and ultimately it came, it comes down to me always wanting to be a healer and growing up in a family where I never felt loved and I never felt nourished and I always felt rejected and felt like I wasn't part of a family unit and I didn't have that sensation or that feeling in school. So I've always felt alone and I ultimately became a person that wanted to help others because I don't want people to feel that way. Like I always want people to feel loved and I want people to feel cared about and I want people to feel that their needs are being met. And so over time, I mean, of course, I didn't know that that's what I was looking for until I was in it. So I found acupuncture school because I was working at the acupuncture school as an office manager and I had a cyst on my ovary and I decided to try acupuncture as a way to heal it. And it did. And then I thought it was such an amazing modality that, that I decided to become an acupuncturist. And that was about 15 years ago. And I've been an acupuncturist for 10 years. And in the last 10 years, I've really started to understand that alternative medicine is beautiful thing and there's so many aspects of it that's so powerful yet the most important thing is really your energetic and your emotional field it's really about how you feel about yourself and how you feel about others and that's why i've tagged love as medicine because without that love piece it's really hard to do the healing the inner healing and the outer healing so i've done it for myself and i'm still a work in progress i'm still working on feeling more love and feeling more loving and helping my clients and the people that are in my world feel the same. 
love that uh, for so many different reasons. Uh, you know, number one, like I have a good friend of mine who's also an acupuncturist and, and I know the work that he does, you know, with that modality, I've had acupuncture done. So, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it from the receiving end with regards to what it can do. Um, and I love the sentiment you have with regards to the the love that we need to bring to healing right like i had um i remember i had another guest on here who healed himself from like a whole laundry list of ailments and one of the things i took away from the episode that i'd love to get uh your additional input on is he said he healed himself because he started focusing not on healing but rather on all as well like he he just brought himself to this state again and again and again, where he just kept meditating and, and focusing on all as well. And that actually just brought his body to a state where it, it just healed itself. It did what it wanted to do and move towards that love piece. So I'd love to hear, you know, your experience of, uh, of that and how that lands for you. I think that's an amazing, uh, so I think it's amazing to have that positive outlook about love and health. Um, for me, what helped me is really focusing on others. So being of service to others really helped me find a deeper sense of healing. Like for example, when I was work, like when I had that painful cyst and that painful menstrual cycle, I had this whole journey of healing myself around that. And it got deeper and deeper when I started working with others that had something similar. So the more I work on myself, the more that life provides clients that are working on something similar and perhaps they, maybe they haven't gone as far into their journey as I have, but because I'm helping somebody else heal, then it helps me heal too. So the more I give to others, the, the more I get, I get a benefit. So the more I help, the more I heal. So for me, being of service has helped me heal a lot of my pain. And it also gives me motivation. Like if I'm dealing with something, I know if I'm dealing, like right now I'm dealing with anger issues, right? So the more I heal my anger issues, the more I could help other people do the same. So it gives me motivation to work on myself because I know other people are going through something similar. 110%. And I think a lot of us as coaches kind of get into coaching by virtue of going through something um ourselves and then kind of being that one step ahead we ended up helping other people heal the same thing and there's two things that came up for me while you were speaking so number one was and this comes up quite a bit in like the work that I do and in the coaches that I help which is the sentiment of okay so I've gone through something and now I want to help others go through it am I you know good enough am I you know do I know enough to be able to do this I'm not a hundred percent where I want to be so can I actually do it so I was curious because you found it so helpful to help others is that something that came up for you as well yeah I mean it took me a while to get over that I think for me I always wanted I'm not Christian but I always had this like wanting to be like Jesus kind of healer where you just put your hands on somebody and then they just heal miraculously. And the fact that I couldn't do that always made me feel like I'm not the healer I want to be because I can't provide such drastic um, 
transformations for people. So I had to go through my own work around feeling like the, my what I'm offering people is enough. And I also had to look back on all the work that I've been doing and all the time I've invested. I mean, I've been at this for 20 years, like for myself, like going through nutrition and exercise and lifestyle, going through acupuncture school, working with spiritual coaches and mentors for the last 15 years. So I've done so much work that I needed to start taking credit for the steps I've done, like what I've done in my path. And so when I got into that space of like my ego being like, oh, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. I would be like, well, wait a minute. I've been doing, I've been studying this for a long time. Like, it's not just like came out of nowhere and decided to do this. And so for me, the, I, the more I remember my, my celebrations and my wins, the more it gave me confidence to believe, okay, I'm not entirely the, the healer, quote unquote healer, I think I should be but I've, I've done enough work that I can at least help some people. I may not be able to heal and help everyone, but there's a group of people that I can help. And just focusing on that has been really helpful for me. 100%. And what comes up for me is, because uh, I've often heard in, you know, working with healers or just, you know, studying it from my own regard, the sentiment that like the individual, so like you have the healer and you have the healee, so the, the, the healer facilitates and creates the space for the healy to effectively do their own healing. And um, they're just kind of the, the, the guidepost or the tiki torch towards it. Uh, has that been your experience with it as well? Yeah. I mean, there's, some, there's a, a notion that if you call yourself a healer, that you're just healing people like the whole Jesus thing and where he just puts his hands on people and they're miraculously healed. And that's not what happened to me. Like for me, when I worked with coaches and healers and they pretty much helped open the door and I had to walk through the door and they held space for me and they helped me, they ushered me into this new place of transformation, inner transformation. And so for me, I go based on my experiences of like, okay, like as a person that's helping someone heal, I'm a guide. I'm like, okay, these are the doors and these are the choices that you can make. And this choice I see for your highest potential and it's for your highest good, but ultimately it's a per person's choice. And my job is to really help people see their highest potential, their highest beauty, their lovable, um, their lovable um, nature and all of this. Cause most people don't feel loved, they don't feel worthy. And so for me, it's showing people their highest potential cause that was done for me. And I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't have someone that saw me at my highest potential. Love it. Yeah. Like you, you're not talking to the, the limitation you're talking to their potential, right. right. Showing them the road of like, yeah, I mean, you can step into here, but I can't actually do the step for you. Right. And you want long lasting healing, right? Like we all want transformation that lasts. Like if somebody just gives you something, it's not the same if you worked for it. 100%. And I'm glad that you bring that up. Cause that is actually when working with healers specifically, that oftentimes does come up where, you know, if I could only heal enough people, if I can only heal good enough, if I can only heal more, then, you know, I, I will be okay to, to like heal myself. Right. But it's like, they're actually two different things. You are either working and diverting that energy towards healing yourself. The, the work you do with clients is to help them heal themselves. And that distinction oftentimes gets people moving forward. So I, I love that you bring that up and clearly I can see that you've done a, a lot of the uh, 
healing work and, and inner work to get to that place. So kudos to you. So uh, I'm curious with regards to where you're at right now, you know, in your business, you clearly have a whole lot of experience, a whole lot to offer. What is it that you feel like is in the way of your 10K norm right now? Well, it's like, I feel like I've changed a lot of my focus over the last few years. Like I've focused, I had different focuses on my business, trying to find what's going to work for me. And I finally came to a space of like, okay, I want to focus on love. I want to focus on healing. And my biggest challenge, I mean, some months I make 10K, some months I make over, some months I make less, but it hasn't been consistent. And I think partially is my inconsistency on what I want to focus on. So I think my biggest thing has been clarity, which I finally figured that out. Like the last few months have feel like, okay, I have clarity. And the second aspect, which has been difficult is just the client coming in, like the marketing, like making, like making sure that I'm getting the people that are coming in. Cause I'll get some people and then it flatlines and I'll get some people and then it flatlines. And I would love to get to a place where I'm getting continuous, continuous flow of clients. I mean, I would love to have a wait list and where it's like, okay, I could start to scale and do different things and offer bigger, have bigger offerings with more people, more groups, more things like that. So I feel like it's been a trickling down of clients where I'm wanting more of like a constant stream. Got it. Okay. So walk me through a bit of that. Cause there was like three different things, right? There was the clarity piece, which you said you have more of right now. Yeah. There is the focus piece. I'm like, so what is it that I'm doing? And then there's the, I guess you call it the marketing piece or the inbound leads piece, uh, where it's just not enough. So you said you have clarity now, and that's something that you've been working on for the past few months. So what realization have you gotten to the clarity piece? Well, before, oh, hold on. Sorry. Somebody's knocking at my door. Okay. All good. All right. We are, uh, we're, we're back. Okay. Like, uh, everybody loves uh, unplanned interruption. So we're going to work with it because you know, what's present is present. So it's all good. Um, yeah. So I was asking you about, you know, you said you had the clarity piece, you had the focus piece, you had the inbound leads piece. You've gained a lot of clarity recently in the past few months. So what uh, has that clarity been? Well, I'm, you know, I'm an acupuncturist and I've been shifting into coaching since the pandemic to move my practice online, which is something I've wanted to do the last 10 years, but I didn't know what to focus on. And so it's two different modalities, but it's the same modality in a way. So I had to figure out how do I merge all my different modalities. I do energy healing. I do um, abdominal massage. I do a lot of different things. And for me, it felt like so scattered. And so I decided to just focus on love as medicine, like using the love energy and as part of my overall healing and then the underneath that umbrella is the spiritual coaching and then the acupuncture if you are in person and then all the other mode all the other body work modalities go into in-person sessions and so I really had to get clarity on like how I'm umbrella how I'm creating my business and from what angle because I love acupuncture but there's so many ways of of talking about it and so I decided to just come from the love piece as the energetic and the bigger picture of what I'm doing and how that manifests in different modalities. 
So that was my clarity. So the clarity then is about what is it that I do for people in an online right. setting? Is that accurate? Right, in an online setting and even in person, like you're coming to see me because you are trying to get pregnant for acupuncture, I'm still gonna incorporate love as medicine into that treatment, as opposed to just, you're just coming to see me for acupuncture. So that is like the main, that's the energy that I'm putting behind every modality that I'm doing. And the coaching piece is the, uh, that piece because it's online as opposed to in person. Okay, so then your initial confusion where you feel like you didn't have clarity before was I do a lot of different things. And when people come to me, I can figure out what I need to do because I know a lot, but then what's, what's the piece that connects it all together with regards to what is it that I do? Exactly. Where before okay. it was like a hodgepodge. You were like, you're coming in for this, this and that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. W which happens all the time with people that know a lot, right? Like you, you know a lot and you think you need to know more, but the reality is it's like, well, what's the piece that strings them together? So I think that's super important. Um, okay. So in that case, that's kind of clarity about the modality. That's the clarity about the uh, process that I do, the, the, the piece that connects them all together. What's like, or rather, is there anything missing on the clarity piece as far as what do I need to do to have consistent 10K months? Uh... I think for me, it's like the, I think now it's just like how to get the clients in, like what are the strategies? I mean, there's so many different ways of doing that. I have an, a Facebook ad going, I have so many different things. Well, that's mostly the main thing. And I have my website and email marketing and all of that. So I'm creating a situation where it's one message that's going out. So my biggest challenge is just the people. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty confident on what I want to teach or what I want to work on. And of course, I could always get more clarity and getting more clear on my teachings and all of that, which is always an ongoing process. But I still feel like as of today, even without my strategy written down, I could still help tons of people. Yeah. And, and I don't doubt that, especially yeah. given the wealth of knowledge and experience that you do have. Mm -hmm. um, so when you did have those 10K or above months, uh -huh. what were you doing the month prior to lead up to that month? Are you saying the months that I did have that I went over 10K? Like, so like let's just say, you know, April I hit, you know, 11K. Mm -hmm. What were you doing in March? Ah, uh, yeah. To, to get there? Um, most of the times when I have a, a successful month, the month before I usually did some kind of speaking engagement. Like I was doing something, um, speaking has given me some clients. Like I usually have done something that involves like community in a sense. I feel like that's been the most successful. It's like when I'm talking and doing things and I'm out there. So when I'm out there, when I'm speaking, that tends to be an influx of people coming to me to, to, to work with me. Okay, so then why do Facebook ads? Oh, the Facebook ads are like lead generating for, I mean, I did, I did make a good amount from that as well. Um, that just hasn't been consistent because it's still kind of new. It's only been four months, but that is 
a way of getting online onboarding clients, which I've gotten four from that. So it hasn't been unsuccessful, but um, I wasn't, I didn't, I don't get the massive amount of people like I did when I did the speaking engagement. The speaking engagement, I got a massive amount of people that added on my email list. I got two clients out of it. The Facebook um, ad campaign, I've gotten three clients out of it. So it's been okay, it's just not enough. Right, and which one did you enjoy doing more? Um, I love speaking more, but the Facebook ad is also not something I have to do. It's recorded, so it's like not, it's not like I have to do anything other than do the calls. So it's, it was a lot of work in the beginning and then now it's kind of rolling. So it feels like, it feels okay now. I just, I need more calls coming in and booking the calls and closing the sale. And that's been challenging the sales call and all of that. So learning how to do a sales call and what that means and all of that. Yeah, I agree. That's its own beast to run traffic and, and work the funnel and, and to do all those things. Right. So m- why I'm kind of asking these questions mm-hmm. is, okay, so if my goal is consistent 10K months, right. the times that I have hit them, I tended to do some sort of speaking mm-hmm. that I enjoy and it's gotten me the same or better in terms of influx of leads and clients. But what I'm going to do is learn this whole other new thing in Facebook ads versus just find more ways to speak. I am doing both. Like the Facebook ad, I don't don't really have to do anything because there's people that are doing it for me. I hired people to do it. So all I need to do is learn how to do the sales call, which I'm learning. And the speaking opportunities, I just look for them. I just, I'm always looking for them. So I think for me, finding better strategies on how to find better speaking engagements or that would be cool. Um, and I just, sometimes I get speaking engagement just out of my old networking. I got one this week um, or last week. And that was just based on my networking that I did years ago. So it's happening, but everything that's happening is just slow. Right. You know, it's like, I just want it to be faster. <laughs> So uh, what's going to be faster? Is it like digging 10 holes at once or one hole the whole time? Well, that's why like one hole, that's what I was told to do with to, to streamline my focus and just focus on one thing. Um, hence the like love is medicine as opposed to all these other things I was doing. Right, which is the focus of, you know, a message within your modality. Mm-hmm. But that focus is different than these steps I'm taking to actually move mm-hmm. closer to the goals that I have. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I bring this up is because this happens all, all the time, right? We have this thing that we're good at and it's actually getting us closer to where we need to go. But then there's this other new exciting thing that's over there that's a promised land that seems simple enough and it's certainly marketed to be simple enough. Yeah, you just run ads and clients come in, which you know, at some point can be true. But it's like, if it takes 10 hours to begin to get good and refine and practice your sales and invest money into it and see what the ROI is and track and you know maintain the ads and change them up, change the copy, test this variable, test that variable. Which I'm not doing because I have a team that's doing all that. Okay, perfect. Because <laughs> I could never do that. 
Fair enough. But then again, yeah. it's if I'm investing resources into it, whether right. time or money, and it's not getting me closer to what I want, but averting those resources away from something that historically I have enjoyed and proven to work, is that time better spent learning a new thing or getting better at the thing that historically has worked? Um, I would say it's better to do things at work. However, I'm not investing that much time. So, but yeah. Which, yeah, is kind of where I'm inviting you to consider the opportunity cost, right? Mm -hmm. certainly you can succeed with Facebook ads and, and many people do. And it, it's how I grew my first business, mm -hmm. but the investment of time is tremendous uh, to really get it right. Or like you said, the, the money to pay somebody to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, if cumulatively, if I'm spinning two different wheels and I'm not getting the result that I want, does it make sense to consider doing the thing that historically got me the results that I want, do more of it and do better and reallocate some time and resources to that piece. I agree with the latter. Um, I just haven't found success in the latter either because I did invest a whole year in LA doing just speaking and it didn't, I didn't grow my business as much as I wanted to online. I did in person, but not in online. So. I don't know. Got it. Okay. But that's now refining the, the, the problem, right? So right. new information. Perfect. So what do you think was the difference between what you did offline and what you did online? Uh, offline is different because um, it's local, right? So I can just go into a bookstore and do a talk and then meet people and then pass out cards and go to networking events and kind of like be out in the streets, like hustling online it's a totally different world and i think maybe because i was so insecure about the whole line i've been trying to do a whole online business for so long and you know go, go listening to webinars podcasts i mean i did this whole like trying to figure it out on my own thing and i never really quite got the formula because there seems to be a formula it seems to be you do this you do this and this is what happens and so I've just been like, okay, well, I'm just going to hire people that know the formula. You like create a funnel, you have a low ticket offer, you get them on the call and then you sell them your course or whatever. And it seems to kind of sort of be working. Um, but my speaking, my speaking has sort of kind of worked too. So nothing I've done has been like, yeah, this is a thing. So I'm kind of like not sure where to go. And I'm like, I just wanna, I just wanna help people. So wherever people come in, that's how people come in. And that's like, I'm happy, but I want it to be something that's consistent. Got it. Okay. So it's like we've had bit, bits and pieces of success in both, but it's like I can't identify what actually led to the success. Right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So now that becomes a different problem to solve because if you can identify what was the thing that caused the success, then you can begin to make decisions on, okay, now I need to do more of that. Correct. Okay, perfect. So in that case, when you look at the people, so I I'm gonna focus on, at least for this line of questioning on the speaking bits, because you have a very kind of fingertip feel on who you're talking to, what they ask, et cetera. Whereas Facebook ads, it's a little bit more nebulous in the sense that it's in the data. Yeah. Um, so with regards to the speaking, 
the people that you do have that like when you did it successfully what was the commonalities amongst those um most times when people hear me speak and they hear my story they resonate with what i'm saying so there's something about my story that resonates with them they also like my energy they like my um my the way i present myself my um voice there's always like something i always get comments i'm like oh i really like your presentation i like your voice i like your energy i felt very safe comfortable and i feel like you're somebody that could help me so i feel like i as a as a being am able to sell myself better when you can see me or when you can feel me which is why i love my podcast i love talking because i feel like i can sell myself or i can show people who i am by talking and of course the Facebook thing has video and all of that, but it's not the same as an interaction. Even if it's on Skype, right, or Zoom, if it's a virtual conference, there's still some level of like, this person's here in my face on my camera screen kind of thing. But ultimately the best of the best is being in person, right? Doing a conference or doing a speaking engagement, being in a panel. Those are all of the things I love doing, yeah. 100% and that absolutely makes sense because that, that's the connection, right? Like the, the, the reason that people want to step to the door is because of who you are. Um, and you also mentioned that they resonate with your story. So what specifically about your story do they resonate with? Well, you know, I'm talking, I talk about love. And so I, when I talk about my story of not feeling loved, feeling rejected, if I talk about my physical ailments that I've suffered from and how my own self loathing has contributed to my physical pain and all the assaults that I've had, all these things that I've had that many, I mean, I mostly work with women. So most of the women that have gone through something similar can be like, oh, I've went through that. Like, that's something I went through. I feel like I can relate to you because you've gone through something similar. Um, having immigrant parents, like all of these things that make up who I am, being a black woman is all these things that are part of my upbringing that people can relate to. And so that has always been an opening for people to be like, oh, how can you help me with my problem? I have a problem with X, Y, and Z. Um, and what so, yeah. exactly are those problems? My problems or the problems are people coming to me with? Because you said, okay, they hear your story, I can relate to it. Oh, yeah. So most problem they ask you to solve? Um, most people are coming to me because they have some kind of childhood trauma. So they have some kind of physical or sexual or mental abuse that happened to them because I also had some trauma. I had a lot of trauma growing up. Um, any kind of menstruation, reproductive challenges, um, any, kind, any kind of women's health. That's one of my specialties is talking about women's health, pelvic health, that whole region of the body, sexual health, um, you know, sexual abuse, assault, rape, all of that is in my wheelhouse. Um, my personal story, and those are a lot of women that are coming to me are in that um, space as well. And then of course, it's the wanting freedom, wanting to feel good, wanting to feel happy, wanting to find a partner, like wanting to be joyful, all of those things that I've gone through, people also hold on to that as something that could happen for them. Got it. So the they relate to the pain of, so sorry, okay, let me rewind that. You being confident and vulnerable to share the pain that you have transcended allows them to be safe 
And then the problem that you solve for them is actually the transition from the pain that they're currently in that they see in your story to a better life in terms of emotional healing, et cetera. Uh, is that accurate or is yep. there any clarifying pieces there? That's, that's accurate. Okay. How much of that do you pitch whenever you are going out to either get speaking engagements or do these connections or even in the Facebook ads? The Facebook ad is all that I just mentioned. So okay. yes, it's definitely in the Facebook ad. And yeah, I lead with my story mostly. I mean, I don't go into the whole like assault thing all, you know, I don't go jump into the most intense thing, but I do talk about things that are relatable to most people depending on the audience, right? So if I'm, depending on who the audience is, I kind of gauge which aspect of my story is appropriate. But in general, I say the main points, yeah. Like didn't feel loved, didn't feel, didn't feel good about life. I was suicidally depressed for years and almost killed myself. You know, like there's all those things about me that most people are like, yeah, like that's me. And so I always wanna show people that like, and I mean, that's why I created my podcast, you know, cause I wanted to show people that you can transform your life using love as one of your guiding lights. Cause that's what I did for myself. Absolutely. And, and I'm a big proponent of the whole aspect of like your mess becomes your message. Right. And right. <laughs> such a powerful yeah. uh, message to, to share and it's important right. for it to be shared. So yeah. 100% I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the other part that I would throw you away, you can let me know if it resonates or not, is oftentimes when I am coaching people and we're getting more into the kind of tactics aspect, which obviously we're, we're diving into right now. Uh-huh. oftentimes people begin to confuse, especially as heart-centered entrepreneurs. It's, it's what you said at the beginning, like, this is who I am. People are very open to, to share things, you know, they might not have wanted to share with others. I know I have an inviting presence. I know I can hold space for people. Th- those are all the reasons why, you know, at the end of the day, people want to work with us or want to be in our world. The reason that they pay us is to solve a problem, right? It's, it's to be the bridge between the gap of the pain that they're in right now and to close it to get to the vision of the future. So whether it's to clarify that and then do it, or if they already know it to just be the bridge, that oftentimes is the case. So in your instance, because mm-hmm. you mentioned clarity at the beginning with like, okay, so love is medicine. That's true. And I think it is rooted in your modality. But if, is that something that you also tend to lead with or not? When I'm talking with my clients? Uh, well, in this, in this instance, it's more about talking with prospects or pitching oh. yourself, et cetera. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you're leading with the modality, like at the end, everybody can like nod and say, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes people don't get up in the morning thinking like, okay, what I really need is coaching. What I, what I really right, need. Right, right. They, they, they think about their pain and their problems. Right. Correct, right. Yeah. So is there an element of, okay, I'm rooted in this clarity that I got with like, okay, this is what connects me. It's about my shiny stuff. Yeah. Is that bleeding into and diluting the message of what people really are going to pay you for 
which is their problems, their results, their stuff. Uh, I don't really understand the question. Are you saying that um, the modality isn't really touching people's pain points? Correct. Okay. Right. So to give you a, a, like an analogous example. So I, I owned a brick and mortar weight loss center for, for 10 years before transitioning into, into doing this. Mm -hmm. And in that space, nobody cares about squats. Like if, if I sold squats, I, I would get squat. You know what I mean? Like no, nobody gets yeah. up in the morning. Like what I really wanted yeah. to do is like do better squats. They want to lose weight. Very small segment of the population that actually gets excited about that. I do. Right. Uh, exactly. But that's why you're on the teaching end, not on the uh, buying end. Right. So I, get it. Um, I do as well, but <laughs> I, I wasn't going to make a big business out of teaching to people like me. But what I'm getting at is like squats were the path to get them what they actually wanted, which is, hey, I want to walk around with like no pain. Mm -hmm. I would like to be able to run around with my kids. Right. I, I want to be able to bend over or walk down the stairs without getting scared. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to be able to go on a vacation where I go on a hike. That is actually what I'm selling. That is what people pay for. Squats ends up just being the path to get there. So when I heard the whole like love is medicine, I agree wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. But is that diluting? you know, the pitch, the the promotion, the reach out, where people are wrongly saying that's not for me because I'm leading with that. Whereas really what's behind that and if reframed might actually be for them. So how does all of that plan for you? Um, it makes sense, but I guess I'm just like, I think at least for my ad copy, that's not, the love and medicine is not there. So I totally agree on that part, but I'm just kind of like, I guess I'm trying to understand, like, what are you trying to say? Like, are you saying like, when I talk to clients, I shouldn't be talking about it or? Well, clients, I, like, and okay. So just so we have the same definitions here. So you're talking clients, like paid clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once people have paid, they've already gone through the commitment decision to work with you. So yes, at that okay. point, your modality becomes extremely relevant. Right. So we're so, talking about potential, potential clients. Correct. Right. Because your problem you know, as identified at the beginning is I don't have consistent 10K months. So there, there's something that we're doing to not generate that, right? And then we kind of went into the whole arc of, okay, well, if I speak in front of people right away, I have things like things improve in the positive direction, right? So it's like, okay, well, how can we do more of that? Like if you want to outsource the ads, that is going to take its own time. But then in terms of like the focus piece that you mentioned, like I have clarity, fine. Do I need more clarity to do the things that get me the results that I want and ignore the rest, right? Because focus is at the end of the day is about saying no, it's not about saying yes, mm -hmm. right? If I know what I want, then I got to say no to everything that doesn't move me closer to that. So if I like getting in front of people, I like sharing my story, I like being, you know, because technically the same hustle you mentioned, like, okay, that I did locally, I go to events, I hand out business cards, I go to bookstores, et cetera. You can do the equivalent online. Like you, you pitch this person, you go to that person. So it's not really different. It just takes a different form, right? So I guess where I'm getting at is 
okay, what is the piece that's standing in the way of doing the things that have been working and how can we refine it to get better results? So the line of questioning was to just illuminate, is there that level of dilution in the message? Is the pitch maybe needing to be reversed? And or am I just not putting enough emphasis on, you know, the unsexy but proven thing versus the sexy thing? So I guess that that's Got kind of pulling my questions together. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, correct. So when I've been pitching, which I haven't done that many, um, but the ones I have pitched in terms of like sending like media profiles of your picture and what you can talk about. Um, I am always talking, yeah, I do focus on the love is medicine aspect. So you're saying I should be talking more about my story and the pain points. So, and thank you for sharing that because that is the trap that so many heart-centered entrepreneurs get to. I'm so passionate about modality. I understand what I do for people. I understand how important it is. It is like the be all and end all. But it turns out when we really take a step back, like nobody really cares about that stuff. Like the people you're helping that are in pain, that are in like traumatic situation, they want to get out of their pain. Like they have even such a hard time to imagine what life can be like until they hear your story of like, holy crap, like this woman's been through the ringer that I've gone through and look at where she is right now. That's what I want. The path to get there is love is medicine, but that's only appropriate once somebody has made the commitment that they're going to step up and actually do that. Prior to that, we need to speak to where they are and where they're at is in a level of pain that your job is to illuminate and say, hey, I can be the lighthouse that's going to guide you to a, a better version of this. So I want to lead with solving that problem, meeting people where they're at. And, but you're creating this, so I'm creating a pitch, not necessarily for clients, but more for facilitators that would want to bring me on to their platforms to speak. Right. So then it's the same discussion, but now we have to change the audience, right? So that, what I just said was more specific, like if you're talking to Good the advice. audience, if you need to be pitched to get, like, if you need to pitch to get onto the platform, then it's, okay, so what's in it for this person? Where are they at? So their interests are, I need to bring value to my, like, I need to bring somebody on that's going to make me look good. Mm -hmm. So then the question becomes, how is it like your story, what you offer, how you speak is going to make me look good, mm -hmm. right? It's going to make my audience say like, wow, I can't believe you had this person on there. All of that has nothing to do with love is medicine, right? Because right. that's not within my interests. Right. Right. So does that part make sense? Okay, that makes sense. So like all the, so all the like newsletters, blogs, everything that's geared towards my potential clients would be talking about their pain points and then incorporating my stories and different aspects of my modality that can help them to give them a taste of what I do. Correct. So if you're talking to like your potential right. clients, then it really becomes, how do I make them feel seen? How do I make them feel hurt? How do I make them feel not alone, right? So I'm illuminating their pain. I'm illuminating how that affects them day to day. I'm illuminating what are the consequences of them staying where they're at, 
right? Because they're so lost in their story. What are the consequences of that? Okay. When they show additional interest, it's like now they're on a kind of secondary level of uh, awareness. Like, oh, I want out. How can I do that? Now, you know, it might be a secondary step in your funnel, like that there's different ways tactically to do this, but then it goes along the lines of, okay, well, this is the process to get you out of it. This is what the path forward looks like. This is the real problem that you have, right? It's not that you've had the trauma, the trauma has been done to you. This is the pain, but the real problem is you just keep repeating the same patterns again and again, like your trauma isn't happening right now. So that's illuminating now the problem that brings them a step closer to actually going forward and committing like, yeah, I want out because I understand the consequences of my pain. I understand the perpetuation of the problem. Now I can actually go forward. So does that make sense? Answer your question? Yeah. Okay. And how does that land as far as um, where you're at right now? I mean, I think my hardest thing about like ongoing clients, like, you know, newsletters and blogs. Um, I have a lot of knowledge, you know, of course I've been doing this for a while, but I'm always kind of like, like even now, even later today, I have to start writing content because I have someone that's helping me write a newsletter. And I'm like, what's relevant? Because I feel like we have so much information out there. Like we're all information overload, the emails, YouTube, Instagram, all of this stuff. And I'm like, how can mine stand out? And I know the only thing that I find interesting personally is when I listen to people and I hear about their story. Like that's the only thing, that's the only reason why I'd listen to somebody. Cause I'm like, oh, what? I, cause I'm, cause I, I'm curious about people, right? Cause I always want to know how people do things. And so is it okay that I'm always thinking about like, cause I know that you're supposed to have your ideal avatar and all of that. I've never been able to wrap my mind around that. It's been hard. I've been, I did all the, I've done exercises. I've written down my ideal client. I've done that multiple times, but then I still can't get past this. Like, well, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, like I'm kind of like my ideal client in a sense. Um, not, you know, not entirely, but there's this aspect of like, on all my clients literally are, have aspects of me. I'm like, oh yeah, I've done that. That's yeah. I've had that same thought. <laughs> And I don't necessarily know if that makes me, if that's good or not, but either way, like, I feel like me sharing my story makes me feel like the most authentic. And so I've been wrapping around aspects of my story and how I can incorporate content around that and use that as my um, content that I share with clients. And I would agree with you 100%. And just to kind of add to what we were talking about before, are you talking to them from you as the healed version of yourself now or are you sharing your story to relate to where they're at in their pain and journey both okay so both more it's like okay hey I, this is what happened to me um and i was going through all of this craziness and this is what i did and this is where i'm at now okay yeah so okay let me rephrase the question so from my vantage point, that would be talking about, you know, I had the exact same thought. I was where you were at and this is what life is like now. Right. So great. You're meeting them where they're at. How much of your content and messaging then is talking about love is medicine? Uh, well, it's in, it's in the whole thing because it's like, 
I it's incorporated in the story because that's part of my healing journey. So the love is medicine. It's not like I said, it's not like I'm writing, oh, love is medicine and this is what happened. It's more like this is part of my journey. I had to learn how to love myself. So my menstrual cramps went away. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like um, a conscious, like I didn't say, I want my menstrual cramps to go away. So love is medicine. Like, no, it's like, this is what I did. And this is the result. And I'm just showing people like, oh, this is what I did and how I incorporated love as a form of healing. Got does it. That I, question? Uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely does. So, you know, w- without looking at like the specifics of the content and, and the messaging, et cetera, like I know this conversation is a little bit nebulous. Yeah. What I would invite you to look at is when you go back through and, and you look at the metrics of everything that you've sent. Yeah. Take a look at like what performs the best versus what performs the worst and in what performs the best, how much of that is really rooted in speaking to where my ideal person is at, how much of it is rooted in like helping them feel seen and heard and like the problem behind the problem. Uh Am I speaking to that versus content that might be speaking to you know, how I'm experiencing love as medicine right now. Okay. So you're saying that the former is where I need to be at? That would be my guess. Like, I'm not going to say it is without looking at any of like your data. That would just be my guess based off of not just the marketing that I've done for like my businesses, but also for the clients. It's Mm -hmm. that there's probably this level of disconnect where you're so good at what you do that you end up taking the technician frame and forget that I'm speaking to somebody who I was, you know, whatever, five, 10 years ago, however long okay. ago. I see you what you're saying. I then- need to speak to that person in the way that resonates to them. And that just shows them the next step, which isn't technically healing. Because remember, the next step for somebody that's a prospect isn't to buy from you, it's to book a call with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So am I illuminating why they actually even need to do that? Am I illuminating what it's in their interest to do? Am I illuminating what problem they actually have in their life versus the story that they tell themselves? Mm-hmm. Right. That's that, that, that will be my guess based off of what you're talking about. So just talking, I guess for me, I, I think I'm like, I mean, I'm not sure. Like I, a lot of the content, I feel like I'm talking about people's pain, but I guess I'm always like not wanting to leave people feeling like, oh, like sad and depressed um, and always want to give an uplifting, positive um, energy around everything I do. Sure. So fair. Um, what I would go back to is see, is that a narrative or does reality support that? Okay. I have, to, yeah. have I actually just sent out something that was like, what I consider to be a depressive piece and seeing absolute crickets or like hate mail sent my way. <laughs> Cause if that's yeah. the case and you did it, you know, three, 10 times or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Then that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if it's a narrative that's stopping me from sending it out, now you're doing yourself a disservice by trying out something that might actually help people. Because the other part you also have to remember when somebody is in deep pain, like even if you remember your own, sentiment of like, I'm in suicidal depression. Mm-hmm. You're so far removed from like a happy-go-lucky attitude that you almost hate it. 
you're like, I, I don't care about your happiness. Like I'm in so much pain. Like I, I just want this to go away. Right. So if that's the people that I want to reach, the best that I can do is send them. This is the pain that you're in. It sounds absolutely horrible. The thoughts you're thinking of, you don't want to share with people. But like, what if it didn't have to be that way? Have you ever practiced? What if it could actually be better? If you don't know how to do that, reply back to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is a much smaller step than it doesn't have to be that way. Like let's work together and I'll, and I'll show you your life can be blissful. Got it. Get, get out of here. Right. Like I, I'm nowhere near bliss mm -hmm. right now. Right. It. Cause it's, it's that little step. So does that make more sense? Yeah. Okay. And how does it, like, if you think back to your content and your pitches, like, do you see any of that happening? Well, um, I just started email marketing for coaching, like oh, maybe three months ago. So the content and a lot of those contents were written by my sales copy person. So it's very salesy. It's like something I don't write like that. So, and a lot of my friends that are also coaches and healers, they were like, oh my God, this is so great. And I'm like, Ugh. like, <laughs> I think it's fine. But the ones before that were aimed for my acupuncture clients, they were more like how-to content or um, did you know content? They weren't necessarily what you're talking about. Got it. Yeah. And I mean, that's fair because it's two different audiences, two different offers. So it, it should sound different. Um, and I guess the last part that I would say to that is always keep the goal, the goal, right? You're not selling to coaches. So if they're saying it sounds good, but your results say otherwise, then it's not good. Yeah. Because it, it's only good if it gets you closer to where you want to go. Right. Yeah. So with all these things, right. I'm spending X amount of time on email copy. It should look this way. Proper copywriting says it should be this way. Don't write your story. But when I write a story, it works better. Forget the copywriting rules, like write your story, like what works, works. And we keep the goal, the goal. If my goal is consistent 10K months, mm -hmm. then I got to take inventory. What are the things that actually got me closer to that? Isolate for what worked and then test. Can I just do more of it and see what happens? Everything else ends up just being noise. And, and we, we're all guilty of it. Like I, I certainly am, mm -hmm. but it really just comes down to, can I isolate the one or two things when repeated gets me closer to where I want to go, even if it's not sexy, because at some point it does become sexy. So I guess that's just a way to sum it up. So does that piece make sense? Yeah, I think for me, um, I just have to be more comfortable just talking about it from a different angle. Like I haven't really done the uh, content for the coaching clients. So I have, you know, I have an email list, but it's separated with what's what so i'll be curious to see what happens yeah I, I would definitely be very curious to see what happens as well because that does come up often i'm a healer i've been in pain so long i don't want to perpetuate pain so long true but the reality is and even going back to what we talked about at the beginning people really have to feel their own pain for the healing to actually happen my hesitancy to illuminate it is actually slowing down their transformation, right? So, you know, we have to be okay with others not being okay 
because fundamentally we understand that it's temporary and that it is a necessary step. Like that falling is necessary for people to move forward. Okay. Good stuff. So does that, I know we kind of went all over the place on this one. That's fine. That's actually cool to do a more tactical episode, which is uh, I'm actually quite excited about. Um, but does that feel um, complete to you? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, thank you for coming on and uh, close us off with, you know, how can people find you? Who do you mostly work with? You know, all that other good stuff. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, I mostly work with women. So I work with women that have in there anywhere between the ages of 30 and up really women that are have gone through very emotional turmoil very strong emotional turmoils in their life and they really want to seek self-love self-confidence they've gone through an enormous amount of pain and they want to live a beautiful abundant life full of love and prosperity and you can find me on my website corinnekamara.com and i'm also on instagram at corinne j kamara and of course you can always follow my podcast infinite love podcast which you can hear stories of multiple people from around the world with different stories on how they transform their life from going from a place of pain into a place of victorious success in whatever they're doing in their life using love as their guiding principle. Love it. Um, yeah, we're going to have all those uh, in the show notes. So, you know, if people want to check you out, they certainly can. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for that. That was great. And uh, yeah, we'll see everybody on the next one.